You know, lion, you know Lions never posted a meal in his life that looks that disgusting oh, on his Instagram. God, <laughs> hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Hey, check this out. Uh, Sean, are you recording? Yeah, okay. Lion. Okay, hey, hey uh, everybody, friend of the show, family of the show, photographer extraordinaire. Yes. His name is uh, Lion. No, no, no uh, prefix, no suffix needed. Lion. L-Y-O-N. Right. We did that show. We did a podcast from the art show, the fo- the photography show that was solely uh, by Lion's work. Yes, Lion Haran. But that's right. Fucking Japanese people and other people buying up photos from around the world. The man is... The man is a man of many different looks, actually. I'm looking at him right now. And many different talents. Oh yeah. You like the mullet? He's got yeah, I do actually. To tell you the truth, I do. He's so normally when I've seen you lying, you've been uh, blonde. You got a blonde thing. Blonde or I had a shaved head. Right. Yeah. But yeah. now he's got uh dark hair. It's like Linda Ronstant dark. Uh he's got a mullet going, right? Yeah. Uh, a little facial hair, a little gritty facial hair. It's kind of like a Joaquin Phoenix thing going on. Let's yep, show there he is. Can you see? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. What's up, Lion? Yeah. Get Green. it, partner. But Lion can do anything he fucking wants. Right. You know what? And he's still going to look fly. I know. And he always tries to play it down like Motherfucker where... comes out of the fucking beach with a surfboard and wetsuit looking like motherfucking Kelly Slater. Okay? Dude. And he's fucking on a fucking super bike, on a, on a motor, motocross bike. Right, like a real right? bike. Like, you see these... You go through some of these pictures, bro, and he does all this shit, bro. I you're know. like, this motherfucker is a stud. Dude, a I, stud. I'm not kidding you. You know, normally storks bring babies. They mm-hmm. bring vagina and just drop yeah, it all over that's Lion. For sure. Look at that grin. You know what, Lion? Let's let's just cut right to the chase. Let's just get down to it. Uh-huh. Have you, right. Lion? When was the last time you were surprised by pussy? Like, was there ever a time you <laughs> have you seen so much vagina and pussy? There's nothing a pussy could do now that could surprise you. Yeah, like you were walking to the bathroom uh, and just got sucker punched with some pussy. Like, did you ever see one with three clits and you were like, wow, I've never seen that before. Right, I mean, right. is it, have you been surprised by anything yet? Is there, have you seen it all is what I'm asking. I, shit. I feel like there's probably something that would blow me away. Now that's the right answer. See, all right, you, you, you never you say it's never, never, right? Hey, no. <laughs> hey, everybody. Okay, so okay, uh, let's just go around. Okay, and 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 everybody here just ask if he's actually encountered this. Have you encountered um, a lion like inner labia that's extra long, like cabbage leaf that comes out? <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah. I have. Okay, he's seen that. Anyone else seen anything weird in a vagina uh, situation that you want to see if lions checked that out or seen that? Have you ever had a cavernous experience? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because his like dick is so could... big, Sean. Uh, He's never going to have He doesn't that. even know what that is. <laughs> right. right. I know what cavernous is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, let's see, let me ask you a different question. Have you ever seen like crazy wild natural, like, you know, like natural <laughs> wood Wiccan Natural witch? Wood. No, no, no. Like, like forest, like a forest Wiccan witch pubic hair. Have you ever seen like real natural wild pubic hair that you were like, yeah. well, <laughs> have you scared me a little bit? <laughs> right, but it didn't. It didn't. It scared you a little bit, but you you yeah, carried you on. That scared. Yeah, he wasn't that. <laughs> what's the What's the weirdest thing you, that you've ever, ever experienced? Oh, I don't know. Uh 
He pulled the panties to the side and an eight-inch cock popped out. And that probably that probably wouldn't even. I guarantee you that probably wouldn't even like shock him. Wouldn't even phase him. Nah, he'd be like, whatever. That again? Yeah, I get that. Out try here. that old trick on you. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Shit. You should have caught me back you in think the eighties. Fall for that? Should have caught me back in the eighties, homie. Yeah. That, ain't, that ain't nothing. Get out of here. Yeah. What What is the weirdest one? Did you ever see one that was like sideways or anything? No. No, I've I've never seen Link anything wise. weird like that. Sadly. Okay, all right. Um, all, it's all always good. Listen, always this guy, good. these guys are smooth yeah, operators, and he lives in a place of gratitude, bro. You hear that? He's in <laughs> That's a place true. of gratitude. That's true. It's always you're, good. You're trying, to, it's you're trying to get me out of my comfort zone here, and you ain't gonna do it. No, I'm honestly trying to talk to an experienced technician about what's out there a coxman. sex technician yeah a coxman that's yeah, right coxman, there you go. A, he's yeah. a coxman yeah. so i'm just trying to i'm trying to see because i know like you aren't out of your comfort zone so i know that i mean you got drinking your, your whatever co- what, what are you drinking right there what is that this is my buddy's company i'm gonna i'm gonna shout him out do it's it it's called a uh, narwhal narwhal coffee and this is their arctic cold brew with a little bit of almond milk and cinnamon and is it good? I mean, give give everyone it's, it's the best cold brew I've ever had in my life, hands down. Like, not, even if it wasn't his company, like I would buy the I'd buy the twelve packs every day. And you can like, get it I like would, in I a, have stock. You can get it in a store. Uh, right now they're getting into Whole Foods, Erwan, uh, Gelson's, and I think possibly Trader Joe's. And where? Mm. And if so, can someone go online and check it out? Yeah. Yeah, narwhal coffee, like a, like the narwhal animal. Which is what is that? Because we got a lot of crazy. A, <laughs> go ahead. What's a narwhal? A narwhal. A narwhal is like a big seal with the horn. It's like the unicorn of the sea. Mm, unicorn right. of like, the sea. Like the, unicorn of the think, sea. Think about like the narwhal is like what used to fight like the old seamen back in like the 1500s. Like there'd be like these ginormous like 20 foot narwhals with the big horns, and they would come attack the ships. Really? Some yeah, and right now happening? I can hear a thousand women just being like, "Ah, oh, that's right." Let talk more about the narwhal lion, big horns and attacking semen. Keep on going because I just oh, grabbed the pretzels. Yeah, semen. some semen, semen fighting in the Arctic. Oh, oh no! Yeah, do you know a uh, fun fact? Narwhal that horn that comes out of it, um, which it's actually a whale. It's a type of whale. That, it's a whale, sorry, yeah, not, that's not a, a seal. Yeah. A whale. But I mean, you're in the right whole fucking thing. There's a thousand women that are like, I'm never going to fuck Chumahan because he corrected lion. Listen, <laughs> that horn is a tooth. Really? Yeah, it's a tooth. It's a tooth that obviously over evolution through mutation, it grew in that. And it, and it twists. And absolutely, yeah. that's a tooth from the narwhal. That's like well, one of my favorite animals in the sea because it's so... It's fucking a trip. It's like a whale with a badass. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now that now that we've permitted your friend to have contact with our incredible loyal diehard fans. Yes. You now must give up uh, some kind of secret, um, some kind of lion secret that's never been heard before, or you probably were like, "I'm gonna stay away from this subject when I get on the show." Tell us, Lion. Yeah, come on, Lion. Try me. What? Try. What? what uh, I don't know. Give us a. What's st- a secret? You know what? I don't what's know. A secret. Yeah, what's a secret? I, I don't. I don't hold secrets. That's the thing. It's like I. Everything that I do is out in the open. Like I don't. I don't confine anything. 
do we have that's my that's my whole mo is like is all about being open honest and vulnerable where like i don't i don't keep anything from anyone well that's look at sean starting to smile what's that sean what are you thinking i see some cracking across your forehead what yeah it sounds like some ala shit Oh, I was going to say it sounds kind of like, um, like, uh, you know, like when you're talking to a woman and you're like, hey, listen, it's just going to be open and vulnerable. Like, <laughs> let's not have any judgments. Why do we need labels? Right. Like, let's just can we just experience? Let's just be open <laughs> and vulnerable. Just- Right? Cuddle up on the couch and reread. What they're saying is it sounds kind of canned. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm not saying it's canned. I'm just saying like this is why he's such a successful coxman is because he's just you know he's like trying to get outside of like contemporary like normal conventional shit. He's mm-hmm. like, and that's the kind of stuff women love. I mean, when you talk to a woman and you got start getting into the zone of like, listen. You know, this world that they created, like, mm. oh, they created, like, mm. that's not real. Like, let's just get vulnerable. Mm. There's nothing women love more than that. Am I wrong about that line? Am I wrong? No, not at all. Not right. at all. And it's not even a bad thing, right? That might actually no. be a good thing. No, I mean, I, I just, for me, it's like honesty. Like, that, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't give a fuck. You're the best. Like, I, I could be like my dick small. Yeah. And I'm not lying. Like it's all good. It does the job. Like it doesn't matter. I'm not fucking around. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like it ain't and I'm not I'm not packing no fucking ten inch meat. Right. But it sure is it's like it don't fucking matter. Like I'm not hiding from it. Right. He's not hiding from fuck. his he doesn't get mm-hmm. Lion's not hiding from his dick. Well, you understand right. that? Well. You understand? <laughs> not he's, living in the shadow of it. He's mm-hmm. not living in the shadow of it. You understand? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Um, did have we properly introduced everybody, and have we properly introduced Lion, or what do we need to do here? Because this, go ahead, Chumon. I think you should properly introduce him. Uh, okay. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you tuned in to the greatest show on earth. It's a Hard Luck Show coming at you from the bunker in Southern California today. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my partner, is Chumahan Bone, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian. Excited to talk to my friend Lion. Mm. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Wake your ass up. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, Sean. Yeah. Come on. Hey. Hey. I gotta Damn. calm down before I eat this Get fucking microphone. Fuck the fuck up in here. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Damn. Sitting yeah. across from me on sound. Sean. Old blue eyes. Sean. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional engineer for the horn. Yeah. Look. Yeah. We Sh- love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. Show! Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then who else we got? I said. Who Ladies else? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> all the way from the west side. Oh. Right? My dear friend. Rage Against like the a, Machine. Like a stepson to me. Yeah. Let's welcome Mr. Lion Haran to the show. Woo! Yeah. 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 That's all you, Lion. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Kill it in the name of. Yeah. Uh, That's a go with your hair, brother. Mm. Hell yeah. Dude, it looks, it looks good this morning. Lion loves Narwhal coffee. Seen all the vagina. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Yeah, you really did it this time. You really did it this time. Yeah. I know, Lion. Son of a bitch. You Lion got can't to. hear the music. I know so he can't. He's not getting. He's not feeling the same. Nah, energy. but he could hear us yelling. What does it sound oh, like? I can hear you guys going. What does it I sound? I just hear it's, it's like chant, like just chanting. <laughs> That's pretty much right, right, uh-huh. Steve? Just pretty much chanting. We brought you in on rage. Yeah, we brought you in on rage against the oh, machine. Oh fuck yeah! Killing in the mm. name of. Yeah, you would oh, like right. you would have liked that. You'll get when once you get to hear your own show playback. Oh yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. But. Um, where do we stand? Like, what? I mean, you know, Steve, you're you're the captain. You're you're the commander. Well, I wanted to just. What do you think? We did roughly just say, you know, Lion was on. Lion was on when we did the photo gallery show. That's right. And Lion is, you know, Lion grew. I, I grew up. And my kids grew up, and we're family friends. I watched Lion grow up since he was a little kid. And uh, amazing, just a, a, a lovely human being, man. He went through his struggles and with addiction and, and with some other things that he's going to talk about. And one day at a time, he has uh, just, just done so many wonderful things. And we're going to talk about some of that. But right now, the main thing you would know Lion from is his photographies. Right. He's a really, really amazing photographer, and we brought him on to do our stills for Westlow's documentary. We had a gallery right. event. And he's um, also- uh, and He's done he was, so much stuff. Man. Abercrombie and, and Fitch yeah, model. And, I mean, this guy's already doing it before he met us. We're right. Trying to get he was on. helping us out. Uh-huh. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that? He's a, um, he was an Abercrombie Fitch model. He fucking raised money for the fires in Malibu. Mm-hmm. Listen, anybody who can raise money for wealthy people in Malibu and get people to donate has got to be a charming-ass motherfucker. Well, you just look at that guy and you want to give him money. He gives back. And he gave back. <laughs> he, he gave back. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of his story is, is that he's got a mutation, right? A genetic mutation? Yeah, genetic mutation in my DNA. Right. Uh, that just wants to kill me. Right, and it mimics it mimics what like originally when you were a kid and it was trying to kill you. What did it? What did everyone think it was? Um, I mean, we couldn't figure it out for the first uh, for the first few years, but pretty much, I'll just break it down. The yeah. whole disease. Yeah, it's called Gardner syndrome. Um, it's a mutation of your DNA, uh, specifically one one uh, one gene called the APC gene. And it's the one that controls all the cell growth in the body. So 
pretty much it's almost like an autoimmune deficiency where my body doesn't regulate cell growth. Right. Um, and primarily the primary symptoms of this disease are mainly colon cancer um, and then desmoid tumors, which are non-cancerous tumors that attack the body like a cancer would. So we call them non-malignant malignancies. And, uh, and then there's a few other things that, you know, like smaller symptoms, those are the two big ones, but like smaller ones, like, um osteomas which are bone growing tumors um osteoporosis osteopenia decaying of teeth extra teeth um have you had extra uh, teeth yeah i have what is that what is I, that um, what what happens so i remember i was like i was like 16 and i went to go get a teeth cleaning and i had a baby tooth uh my my fang tooth like my canine and uh and they're like what they're like why isn't uh, you know, your adult tooth come in like you're, you know, 16, 17. And I was like, I have no idea. So we went and did a, uh, an x-ray and they're like, there's something that's stuck in your gum and your tooth is stuck in your sinuses. And they're like, and they're like, yeah, we have to like, you know, you, you'd probably have to do a surgery to, you know, put on braces, spread your teeth apart, attach a chain and pull it down over a year. Um, and Holy so when we went in shit. and did the surgery, when they opened when they opened my gum up and they uh pulled it out it was a little like think of like a like a like a you know when like sharks give birth like the the sharks come out in like a little sack almost yeah yeah so it like was a, like, like, that, an envelope, like a envelope like an envelope like that little envelope kind of like yeah it was like a little like it was like a a tumor like sack and when they cut it open there was 30 teeth inside of it little tiny teeth holy fuck Whoa. yeah holy so there was there's Fuck. 30 teeth inside my gum that was blocking the tooth from coming down and then so for a year i had braces from like end of 16 to 18 uh and they had to pull the tooth down with a chain and so they actually had to tighten it every couple of weeks and it pulled the tooth down over time did you so i got this tooth. did wow. you did you keep those teeth those 30 teeth no, they had to use them for uh, – I mean, every time that I have, like, a surgery like that, like, I try to donate um, whatever it is to – for, you know, study science, everything they can do to try to figure out um, how to better treatment or anything for whatever it is. So anytime I have a tumor removed, um, I make sure to donate as much as I can to uh, different foundations so that they can test on the tumor and see how they can – because everything that happens with – my disease since my mutation is so extremely rare yeah uh there's so little study on everything that has gone on in my body so as much as i possibly can i want to you know help people learn more about it and that way you know anyone that has my disease or has anything similar they can um at least have some sort of the benefit work. the benefit Steve, yeah exactly that is fucking heavy what do that you stories heavy yeah what do you what hit like how do you feel or what strikes you when you hear that like just when he's 16 they reach in and they find a, a big packet of fucking teeth in his uh, what face. i think what i think that you know um what i think that says is we have really no fucking idea what this guy is having to do right you know what i'm saying right like, Wow, like if that's the case, what he just described, right? You don't know what this whole thing, what's around the corner for you, from you, or what your what lengths you're gonna have to go to to repair or try and fix 
or, or what procedures because shit's so crazy out of whack. Like, I mean, I've never even heard anything like that. You know, I haven't either. And what's crazy is, um, you know, so a lot of times, right, I like to play up or it's not really playing up, but I like to highlight the fact that he's got this charmed life with the ladies and he's just cool all the time and charming. And the truth is, though, on the flip side of that, he's dealing with all this other stuff and he's got it's like a, his attitude never... He's always been dealing with this. Right. But he's never like, uh, like you talk to him and he, he's never like, ah, fuck it. I'm t- okay. You know what? I was positive when I had to fucking colonoscopy. I was positive when they built me a new kneecap or whatever. I was positive. And then, you know what? They finally pulled out a fucking packet of 30 teeth out of my face. And now it's like, you know what? Fuck it. What's the point? He ne- I never heard you get like that. What? How does that happen? The, I mean, for me personally... There is a few defining moments in my life that I that I tend to lean on when it comes to that. Uh, share one that, for my mom, one for my dad. Share it for our our audience because we got a lot of people who hit us up for inspiration or whatever. So share exactly how it is that you are able to. Oh, totally. How do you do it? Uh, for me, like I said, like there's there's a few. There's a, there, I would say there's three defining moments that I can always count on that I can remember and it'll get me through a lot of really tough situations. Um, I remember being about, I remember being about like seven years old and I just had, um, stage four colon cancer and I had my large intestine and colon completely removed and my stomach was extremely infected. And so the pain was unimaginable and, uh, it was just so bad. And I remember I was laying in bed and I kept crying and, and I kept telling my mom, like, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why me? And she just looked and she's like, look, this is your life. This is what you have. And it's not going to go away anytime soon, unfortunately. So you're going to learn how to deal with this the best you can. Like you're, this is what you have and you just have to, understand that no matter what goes on in life this is yours this is your life and you have to make the best of it um my dad said something very similar to me he's you know he's like we don't pity ourselves we don't we don't cry we don't say why me we say why not you know why not this is what i have to go through this is what i have to deal with okay this is what we got to do um and the third defining moment for myself that will never ever ever slip away from me it was during that same time around 2000 uh i was in the hospital and i just had it was right when i had the um the colon and large intestinal resection and there was this little kid in we shared a room in the pediatric spot a pediatric hospital uh at ucla and i don't remember his name i think he was like four and i was seven and he was on his second liver transplant. And Damn. he was this little Hispanic, little Hispanic kid. Um, you know, he spoke English, but his parents didn't really speak English. So he had to, you know, try to translate to his parents what the doctors were saying at four and a half years old. Damn. And since he was having a liver transplant, he couldn't have any pain meds because he would have liver failure. So every time I clicked right. my pain medicine for me to relieve myself, he would make a beeping sound and he would cry. Oh. And all I wanted to do was just give him my pain medicine so he could have relief. And that to me 
will never go away and I'll always resonate that no matter how bad my life is or how difficult anything that I'm going through, there's always someone that has it worse than I do. Wow. And wow. You have to be grateful for the things that you do have. And at that moment I had pain medicine. I had a way to have relief from what I was going through and he didn't. Mm. Um, mm. And so, like I said, like that to me will always hold so like so strong in my heart and my mind that, yeah, it doesn't matter how bad I have it someone has it worse than I do. So I have to be grateful for what I do have. And, you know, the blessings that I have, I have a beautiful family, I have support. Um, I have a fiance that will literally go to the end of the world and back for me as I will for her and my mom and my dad and, and, you know, the like lucky and his family and just the people that I have around me. Um, and the, and the amazing things that I've been gifted in my life primarily has been a lot of it's been from this disease. Um, and so for me, I have to find gratitude in everything that I go through because just because I have this disease, it doesn't mean that my life's horrible. It's given right. me mm. so much more and it's given me a lot of perspective and, um, mm. it's opened my eyes to see life differently. Um, and there's been times where obviously I got dark and, and, you know, I, I was in a bad place, but for the most part, it's been, it's given me more than I could have ever imagined. Right. I got to tell you, Lion, and listen to me. I love when I'm able to have, um, you know, a real man on the show sharing his experience, man. Or what I consider a real man. Right. You know, like you can't make up and write and, and finesse the things that you've just said those things come out of experience and living and i'm here to be able to back up what it is you're saying bro because as long before this show yeah you know with nobody listening right i engaged lion through multiple different uh highs and lows in his life uh you know i was on the sidelines watching this guy live his life and i'm gonna tell you man this you know, there are times now in my life where I come up against hard things and Lion's one of the people that I think about. I'm like, I'm not, this kid's not going to show me up. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And have this dude have 10 times more serious shit, real stuff to deal with. And I'm going to be a fucking, you know, 50-year-old man over there fucking licking my wounds over some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like... He helps me rise to the occasion. And the things that you're talking about, when you're talking about that kid, um, when you talk about that, man, I don't think that these little things that happen in life are by mistake or coincidence. I Never. Think those are things that happen, and they are things that either people choose to just walk right through them, right. or some people choose to really take a look at that and put that in their sack. You know what I'm saying? Their backpack. Right. And carry it with them. And um, certainly... And and here's the thing, um, but... What I really want to do is because I was watching the whole time on on while you were telling this incredible story. And and I got to say, the thing that sticks with me more than ever was this little Latino kid who's got to do the job of translation. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Which a lot of second generation or first generation folks have to do for their family members that are here. That's a common thing. Part of it is, is that the kids are going to help the older generation kind of understand what's going on or do things. So he's doing he's carrying that responsibility on top of what he has to go through this liver situation, the surgery and the pain. And then little lion sitting there taking this all in and realizes shit there is he can't have pain meds i can Mm -hmm. and if you can't allow that to teach you a lesson that no matter how bad you think you got it mr and mrs earbuds who are listening right now Mm -hmm. and i'm not even saying you don't have a bad situation i'm not saying like you're living the perfect life i'm saying you do have an issue and it's all proportionate to who you right right but if you can't listen to that story and realize i can still find the sunlight in my life to keep myself going to keep myself doing the best that i can do then 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 you're you're missing some or you got a broken eardrum or i don't know what the fuck or you're you're just determined to feel bad you know what line we've talked about it on the show on other shows with gentlemen that have been mm-hmm. incarcerated a long time right gentleman jack just this last show sure and we talk about a book that many guys in prison have read this book and um, I just, it skipped my mind right now for the moment. Oh, the, uh, go ahead, Sean. The prophet? No, 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 no. no, no, no. It was the uh-huh. it was the guy who went through the Holocaust. Right, right. exactly. What Which, was the, the, it. the fa- faith of man or the hope of man or the? Like that. We'll come up with. It we'll before find we leave. it. Yeah. But Lion, the reason I bring this up is that <clears throat> this guy writes a story of how his mother and father and sister were all executed in. Um, in, in, I don't know if it was Auschwitz or if it yeah. was a Lodz ghetto, but one of these, and and he was a little kid, right? And he had to like, he was a teenage boy, and he had to like work it, and he he, he had some skills as like in medical, whatever, dude. He had to go through all this shit, bro. I mean, real shit, bro. Having to eat other man search like, for meaning, man search for meaning, lion, and the way that this guy, the way. This guy was able to get through this shit and he was able to find hope in when in a, in a place where there's very little hope. You follow what I'm saying? And he was able oh, to 100%. take that and and stack on that and that got him through. And the this book somehow finds its way into the CDC. Yeah. And there's a lot of men that are facing and some of the guys I was talking to were guys that were not getting out, facing life without, you know, life in prison and they're sitting there with decades that they have to do and they're not going anywhere and how could life get any worse right they found this book and this book presented an amount of hope right victor frankel victor frankel big shout out to Diggs 970 big shout out to chubby 1513 junior 9002 tattoo life 87 which is uh jesus instagram Mm -hmm. jesus uh and m ray they came through with the information thank you guys and 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 so when you tell me about the little kid in the hospital bed, it's very reminiscent of many stories that are in this book. If you haven't read the book, I, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have to get one for you. But No, I'd love to read it. Really, are you kidding? I, we give it to him. He probably, already, he probably could write the sequel it, to it. Well, you could. And I Lion think that could that write needs the to sequel. Be done. I think that that book needs to be done, Lion. But I certainly, um, based off of you know the, the grounds of what you're talking about, and uh, sometimes some people are in positions where it, it's just like 
a lot of hope has been removed out of the situation. And you, those people are either going to be the fucking champions. Right. Or they're not. Or the chumps. Or the chumps. Hey, you know what? Um, if we did do a sequel for Lion, so the first book is called Man's Search for Meaning, mm-hmm. and Lion's sequel could be The Coxman's Search, Search for, for Meaning. <laughs> Right? Search for vagina. Sean, uh, now that we have you here and we're doing a, a study on Sean facial tics, uh-huh. uh, everyone that's watching on live yeah. right now on Instagram loves yeah. Sean's face. They're like, what's yeah. going on with Sean? Uh, oh, blue eyes. Let us see those sparkly blue eyes. Them, the, look, look, at that, emeralds. look at that. Look at those emeralds. <laughs> Peepers. Sean, you listen to what Lion was talking about. Just do like a... A word association, a word play. Like what was going through Say you emotionally? Something. Yeah, Anything. come on, man. Say anything. Come on and and begin. Go ahead. Um, inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Word association, not single word. Just let it flow. Release the hounds. Like you, you're too tightly controlled, man. Come yeah, on, man. Let it go. Just verbally diarrhea. Just let it go. You just heard a man who's 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 fighting for his life every day and happy to do it. And <laughs> action. Go. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, He was fantastic. Yeah, he's like, "Eh, fantastic. Okay. Um, So let's also like kind of tie up or make some connections um, with Lion back to to Steve. Now, Lion. Wait wait a minute. What happened? You didn't have anything to say, Lion, huh? No, I don't. All right. Nah, come on. Look at that! I doesn't even face him. This guy's got thirty him. teeth in a package in his ankle. He and you got care. nothing to say about that? I got nothing to say. He does. Sean, what it's are you? Okay. No, no, it's not lying. It's not okay. No, no, not okay, okay. by any. Sean, standards. you're going through things. I mean, are you going through things? I'm not going through what lions going through. Right. So when yeah, you but, but, but the hold on, hold on, hold on. It doesn't matter what you're uh, going through in life. Everyone's perspective and everyone's situations are different and Ooh, true to themselves. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if my what I have to go through seems way crazier than what he has to go through. I'm not going through what he's going through, so I have no idea what that's like. So everyone's situation is relevant to themselves, and it's serious to themselves. Right. So we can't compare every. We can't compare like you know like oh I've had it way worse than you because I have no I've never walked in your shoes. I don't right. know what it's like. Right. He's got and big so shoes. He's got big shoes. By, I, by the way. But I. But that's. Well, that's what I mean. It's like there's no there's no way you can compare in that sense of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if his problems could be ginormous to him or to you, true, and it's like it doesn't matter. It's like that's what's relevant in your life, and this is what's relevant in my life. And to you, you can't, you know, physically imagine going through what I've gone through. But at the same time, I can't think of what you've gone through, and I couldn't. I, I can't imagine having to overcome certain things that right. another person's gone through. Go ahead. Sean. So it's all perspective. Sean, it's all perspective. What were you going to say? I saw you. Uh, no, I was just going to say I, I'm just not great with the word association thing right now, coming off the dome. And but what the the thing that you were saying was, uh, I watch your your Instagram feed and I see, you know, you're out of the hospital, you're back in the hospital, and then everything's going great, and then he's back in the hospital again, 
and, and he's only is, knowing you a year, bro, or uh, a, a, a little over a year. That's true. So you're you're paying attention based on what you've seen in the last year and a half. Yeah, and then everything's great. He's like on vacation. He's somewhere, you know, beautiful. He's got his his girl with them. They're living the their best life, mm-hmm. and all of, all of a sudden he's back in the uh, Cedar Sinai. Yeah, he's back in Cedar Sinai. But the thing is. This motherfucker's always positive. Yeah. Always fucking positive. Yeah. There's always something inspirational in that feed, right? Yeah. There's always some words of wisdom or words to live by. But you know, I mean, that we live, but that's what Lion, I mean, Lion to a certain extent, part of what he does is motivational, inspirational, aspirational speaking and or, you know, leadership, right? Absolutely. Lion? Isn't that what partially you do? Yeah. Right. I mean, my whole thing is I just believe that. I was put on this planet for a specific reason, just like all of us were, you know, everyone has a blueprint and we just don't know what that blueprint entails, um, you know, before each day. starts. So for me, I just believe truly that my job and my purpose in this life is to go through what I've gone through and continue to go through to help others. Um, if I have to suffer to, to help another person get through or overcome something, then that's my purpose and that's my job. Um, it's not always the easiest thing to comprehend right. when you're in the thick of it. But at that same time, I feel like that's my duty uh, in this lifetime is to help others. And it's it just, when you have that acceptance of that, like this is what I'm here to do, it makes going through those painful and traumatic situations so much easier. Right. So, okay, listen, I've been trying to get to this. Um, so just to connect, make some connections. So Lion, some connections. God damn it. Lion, yeah, God, I'll break it down. Uh, listen, I know you will, my friend. We got to, I think there's a great pool story somewhere in your history, my man. That I, <laughs> uh, it's like one of my favorite stories of all time. We might have you go back. But before we get to all that, Okay, so that Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds kind of understand. The reason why Steve and Lion have connected up, even though Steve never ages, they're a little bit different time, <laughs> time periods. Uh, that's because- Vampire Steve. Right. Hmm. He's drinking baby blood at night. Nobody knows <laughs> that. So, um, but, uh, well, go ahead. I'd say I met, I, met, I met Vinny, Lucky's son, um, when I was five. Right. Like we moved into- we moved into um, these apartment buildings on Washington and Venice mm-hmm. uh, when I was about four and a half, five years old. And uh, and my neighbor that we moved in, they're like, hey, there's a kid um, a few courtyards down that I think that you would uh, you'd be friends with. And, you know, I told my mom that, you know, the mother's the same age as her and they have a daughter that's the same age as my sister. And uh, I they brought me over there and Vincent had chicken pox. So I had to say hi through the window. And, <laughs> and <literally laughs> it was, he was four, he's a year and a half younger than me. And, uh, and from that day forward, we, uh, we just became like inseparable best friends. And then my mom and Jessica, Lucky's uh, ex-wife, she, they became best friends. And then Bella, my little sister and Sophia, they became best friends. They're still it's my, crazy. Little yeah. Sister, yeah. One over there. Last, last night, uh, last night, uh, yeah, last Bella night, and they, and they, Sophia were cooking dinner together. Hang what out. It, were they? What yeah. did they make? I don't know what they, they made, made but they, they made sushi. Yeah. They made sushi last night. 
She awesome. loves man. Sophia loves Bella, bro. Uh, that's, loves yeah, Bella. I mean, we're but we're family, you yeah, know. We're like all we, family. It was at that at that time, you know. Lucky was Lucky was away, so it was two. And my you know my mom and my dad never were married. They were together as like a summer fling. So it was like two single two single mothers raising two kids the same age, right? And it was right. like you know we didn't have neither of us had a lot of money, so but you had a like, lot of you know, love. We had a lot of love and we just, it was, you know, like I think my mom and Jessica, they would call each other and be like, what do you got in the cabinets? Like, what do you got in the pantry? And she's like, I got this, this, like, okay, like this is what we're making tonight. And then like, we would have dinner almost every single night together because it was like, they would just scrap up what we had and, and make it just a fun adventure for us kids. And, and I mean, shit, that was some of the best, most fun times of my life was was you know living living in those apartments and having the Lucianos right there and and just having a so you know your childhood yeah you know what this guy you know when he talks like that and tells me stories like that yeah the the very first thing I think of yeah is how lucky I am right how lucky I am to have Jessica who's just a great mom right. And Barbie, their mom is a great mom. These are single moms making it happen, right? Man, it's just and, so. And what are all our kids look like today, bro? I mean, it, it. I'm just blown away with the whole process. Right. And, and when some of it lying, when you talk to me, I had no part mm-hmm. in the process. Like it was morphing and happening, with or without me involved. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because like, you were away. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's just, man, I love hearing stories like but that. But you man. know what? Let, 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 let's, okay. Get and, in there, Chuma. God damn it. This, Motherfucking attorney. Yeah, get in there. This whole thing has been, you know, uh, we're seeing the best side, but I just want to remind Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, we had a show. Okay, let's just fucking calm down. Mm-hmm. We had a show called Fathers and Sons. Sure. Right? And on that show, Fathers and Sons, we had the son of Steve Lucky Luciano, Vincent, on there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And we talked to Vincent, and we were like, when was the first time you ever had a drink? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Vincent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle I forgot about that, bro. I sure as shit didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't. Because you're an attorney. Nah, you remember sir. shit. Nah, sir. I remember that shit. You replay that shit back to you word for word right shit, now. Shit, man. And I remember. Uh. And I remember. Uh, Vincent was like, because I, I remember Vincent was like, oh, I'm, I was, there was like this period of time because, because Steve, you know, he's got this sort of, uh, he's got a theory, mm-hmm. well documented, well supported, peer reviewed scientific mm-hmm. theory. By now, it's been peer reviewed, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, generally around like middle school ish age, people make a, a decision in life. Like there's, there comes a fork in the road. Are you going? 13. Yeah. Are you going down the path of crazy, or are you gonna do the straight and narrow, right? And so Vincent, right? He's had his ups and downs. So we were like, "Where's that mm-hmm. fork in the road? Where's that fork in the road uh-huh. for you?" And he's like, "Well, if I'm gonna be really serious about it, it was a certain trip I took to Mexico, <laughs> to mainland Mexico. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget." Tell us that about that. Yeah. Tell, hey, Lion. Tell us that story from your perspective, because we have it from Vincent. Yeah, Yeah, we got it from Vincent, and it's a hell of a tale. 
What? So you guys well, went to Mexico? He passed out. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know how accurate his story is because yeah. he was asleep half the fucking time. Okay, <laughs> so tell me. Okay, so you. So well, why I, were I you? I remember guys- all of it. Go. Okay. Why was, were you? I was the chap. I was the chap of fucking. I was the fucking <laughs> chaperone. <laughs> and like, oh my god, dude! I swear. I was so scared. Like I thought my life was over. Like I thought I was about to get my ass kicked. I was so we. Get, Why were, were you in Mexico? Mexico? Why? What? What was well, the we reason? We went on a surf. We went on a surf trip. Okay. Um. We have a friend. There's a. Uh, we were with Christian Anderson. Right. Um. Who Jessica was married she, to at the time. She married. Um. And uh. And his friend Chris Roloff, and they're both in the program. And uh, and Both you know, we're pro um, 16, right. Vincent's 14, right? And we go, you know, and Chris or uh, Chris Roloff's mom lives down in this little fishing village deep in mainland Mexico, down in like Oaxaca. And so uh, we go on this surf trip uh, and we're flying, we're going for two weeks and we're flying down there. And like, I'd already started drinking by you know, like at like 15, going down to like Baja and, and just, just like you know, like kid stuff, you just you go to these parties and you drink and you black out or throw up whatever just like <laughs> stupid stuff and uh and so like i was all excited i was like oh we're, you know i know that i can buy beers in mexico there's no like age limit pretty much yeah and so uh and so we're going down there and christian's like no drinking like no drinking at all on my oh. watch like 100 if you drink like you're gonna be fucking in trouble mm-hmm. and i was like yeah okay sure like, you were whatever. like, of course. What do you mean? Are you crazy? We don't drink. Only and losers so, drink. God. And we do so quails we get down and there. coke, but we're not going to drink. <laughs> so I remember the first, the first day we, like it was like our second or third day of a two-week trip. And I remember like we'd already surfed like two days and it was so good. And it was like the best. And in the middle of town, like this tiny little fishing village, there was like this little fair going on for like the two weeks that we were there. Yeah. And there were these – uh there were these Canadian girls that that their parents bought like this really nice, um, really nice like mansion uh, speed, up on the hill. Speed and so the they story, were there. And speed the story up a little bit. In the middle of like deep Mexico, there's not another white person in sight. And all of a sudden, there's these two blonde Canadian girls. And they were older, and right? No, no, no. They're my age. They're like 15, 16. How old's Vincent at this time? Younger than you. 14. 14. He right. was 14. So for him, this and was so like big, this was like a big, big business. Big business. That's this right. This was big time. This is big time. And so like, <laughs> this big we, yeah. we made this, we made this plan. Like we, we met them and started talking to them. Like the, the second, hold on one second. My dog is, is trying to attack my cat. Okay. Hey, but anyway, Vin, so Vin, the way Vincent so, tells it is. You started talking Vincent up to these chicks like, yeah, this is like a number one surfer kid. He's up and coming. No, I never said shit. Oh, <laughs> we got a discrepancy on the record. Okay, please go ahead. So okay, what happened? So I just told them. I just told them that he was sixteen, mm. oh. or like almost sixteen. So he was a little bit like felt a little bit older. Because hold on, let me, so, let me let me let me stop you right there just to fill you in. Because at that this point where you're telling the story, Vincent, right? He's feeling scared as shit because he's like, dude, you know, he told him I was 16 and he told him that I was like this cool skater surfer kid. And like I was just a regular kid and I didn't never been with a chick like this before. And he was uh, tripping, dude. He was tripping. Oh, I bet. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, please. So so we met up with them in a little town square. I was like, okay, like since like, you know, we're going to keep it mellow. 
I bought us a six pack of Pacifico. Great. Just like I was like, hey, three beers for you, three beers for me. Simple. Oh, yeah, with that. Yeah, huh? that's pretty much just like, like some water. Like right, we're just right, drinking right. some water. Yeah. And I was like, we're kids. Like, <laughs> like we have three beers each, and then like we'll hang out with the girls, and then we'll go home. We'll sneak back into the into the house. Right. Uh, and so we. Uh, the girls bought a little thing of tequila yeah. or vodka. I forget what vodka. One it was. It was it was and vodka. It was vodka. It was vodka. It was vodka. And so we go down. We go down vodka. to the beach, and I, I remember like I started drinking a beer, and Vincent like never drinking a beer before, and he's right. like, "This is disgusting." Blah blah blah, <laughs> and. And I was like, no, just drink it. Like, it's all good. Like, it's fine. Like, Don't be a puss right now. Vincent, we've got two rich fucking Canadian chicks on the line. We've got Pacifico. We're in Mexico. Shut the fuck Didn't up. Don't Vincent puss say up. that. He was very, like, opposed to drinking and drinking and yeah, all that prior made, to this trip. He, he had, wasn't down with it. He made a pact. He was going to be, like, right. an, a, an athlete. Right. Right. And, well, and only be, losers drank. Yeah, right. Right. Okay, keep yeah, going. He was an amazing. he was an amazing baseball player. So, just so that like you, really I can, good. listen, let me paint the scene, right? You guys are down by the beach. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. You're at the beach, right? And mm-hmm. you're in, you're like Oaxaca beach, right? Oaxaca where they make the best fucking food ever, right? right, right you're down right, there. Right. And this is so pre-touristy good. trap Mexico. This is, right? This is like totally authentic. Blondes down in Mexico. No, we're, I don't know what in, sounds better than Yeah. And, and they're like on. Tiny little village. Right. It's authentic. Like tiny. No high rises, nothing but natural landscape. The sun, like maybe night. Is it night? Is it like the. It nighttime. Oh, the stars are huge. They got a six pack. These chicks probably got big 16-year-old titties, whatever they got, you know. And and here's Lion who sort of understands the ropes. And then you got like young, sweet, clean, innocent Vincent being In like the cut, trying I, to pick up every move. That's yeah, he's going like, down. I don't I don't know about this, but this beer doesn't mm-hmm. taste that good, bro. Right, and I, right. I'm trying to go to and, and Lion's putting him in a headlock and he's like, Listen, kid, what are you doing to me? Don't fuck this up. Don't <laughs> fuck this up. All right. Now listen, you just follow my lead. Follow my lead, numb nuts. Let's go. All right, go ahead. So we're sitting there, and <laughs> and the girls are like, "We'll try the vodka, see if that's better." And I remember he like took a sip of vodka. He's like, "He liked and he's that." Like, he's like, "He's like, whoa, this is actually way better." Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. And I was just like, and I was like, I was like, all right, Vinny, like all good, like settle down. And I remember he just kept like taking <laughs> and I was just like. <laughs> The bottle's empty. Like, you can throw you it away now. <laughs> Let it out of your hand. Like you're first drunk and everything's like so fun and it's like yeah. crazy. He's like, I'm going to go jump in the ocean and all this other shit. And I was like, yo, like settle the fuck down, dude. Right. Like you're blowing our cover. Like right. you, need to, you need to fucking cool it. Right. And so I was like, I was like all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, like Vinny was like hammered. Yeah. And the girls were like, he's a little too drunk. Like, I don't know. And I was like, no worry, it's all good. Like, no, he does this the all the time. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll eat a little food and we'll and then it'll be all good. Uh, and so we go to the town square and we're sitting there, and <laughs> and he's sitting on the bench. And I remember like he was like making out with the, one of the girls, and yeah. then like he kind of just did this one, and then it was like he's like I'm tired, and then like fell asleep <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, like fell asleep on the bench. Overshot the mark and, a little yeah. bit. And I was just like, I was like, fuck, dude, like fuck. Like I Christian's gonna kill me. Like, oh shit. And and I was like, fuck, we need to get home before Christian finds out. And uh, I turn around and I just hear find out what? And it was Christian and he walked up <sighs> and he was right there. 
and Vinny was just like passed out on a bench uh. and these two girls are like um I think we gotta go and he's just like what the fuck you got a 14 year old drunk and they're <sighs> like you're 14 he's like no like, <laughs> 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 Ooh, what? What? No. and like and he's like he's fucking 14 what the fuck did I tell you he's like we're fucking flying home tomorrow like the trip's fucking over like you ruined it oh, and I was just like liar, oh liar. no Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at and so gave so you one thing like, to do. Yeah, Lion, you only had one, one thing, thing to, to do. do. Don't get the fourteen-year-old drunk. Right. Uh. I know. And so we had to like, we had to, him and I had to carry Vincent down the. It was like a cobblestone beach back to the place we were staying. So we carried him back to our place. <laughs> Vinny passes out, and then Christian had to have like the talk with me, oh, and right. he had to have like the heart-to-heart that like, you know, he got. Chris, who's on the trip with us, loaded for his first time, and Chris became a junkie. Oh. And and I was like, you know, like he's like, do you want like he's like, this is gonna be on your conscience for your life. And oh. then sure enough, Vinny ended up going down a very dark path, and that right. sat on me for a very, very, very long time. Damn. Um, until until I got sober, you know, years later. But uh yeah dude that and the the rest of the trip like it was just weird like i could tell christian just had like he just there wasn't there wasn't a like friendly you know conversation much anymore it was like, really, like stern, <laughs> you were on the lever like, after that yeah. yeah you got put on a back burner yeah, yeah. Was, time out but you know it what it, bad, it's so dude. funny dog you can go you can look back at that now right and we can all you know we can all have a laugh over that you know it's well, yeah. it's, well it's, man it's like it's life well, it's life it's what we do when we're young you know? right and, and we share the things we think we that are cool that we got we, when you was know? the first time you had a drink steve like when was the first time you actually drank uh my sister's friends were over and they were drinking rum out of a fucking thermos uh, and smoking mm-hmm. weed and it was during the day when my mom was at work yeah and they were all in her room and i wanted i wanted to hit I wanted to hit off the the bowl that weed, you know? yeah. And they were drinking and they were having fun, yeah. Like five of them, guys yeah. and girls, and and they let me have a swig of rum and I downed it. And it was hot, but I acted like it was all good. Yeah. And then I said I want another one, and, right? And at that point in time, I think they were kind of like, "Let's get this fucking kid fucked up." Right. Like, that'd be fun, right? Yeah, exactly. And, but I didn't know, and it took a couple more hits over the of the weed. And let me tell you, man, and I was, I was about twelve years old. Yeah. And I fucking, next thing I know, I was fucking running around outside with my fucking nothing but my box. And then I fucking came, finally my sister fucking dragged my ass upstairs and I threw up all over my bed. (laughs) It was a nightmare. Yeah. That was my first, yeah. Sean, when did you first drink? Um, I don't really remember. I know that, you know, my parents let me taste their like daiquiris or whatever. Yeah. Well, when's the first time you got fucked up? Oh, dude. One time I, uh. The first time I drank a forty, yeah, 
Uh, I was with some friends. How old I was were like you? Sixteen or something like that. Yeah. I drank a forty, and I thought I could. You know, I drink in beer, but I hadn't drinking. You know, a whole forty. Right. <laughs> you know, in one sitting. So I drank that, and man, oh, I passed out. And then I woke up, like middle <laughs> of the night, and I didn't quite make it to the bathroom. It was at a friend's house, and <laughs> I'm like, I just threw up all the, over the the hallway and bathroom. Oh man, when I was um. I mean, first of all, my dad would always throw like those like drinking Motown parties, right? And I would wait till everybody got saucy, mm-hmm. and then so I would I start nipping off and everything. And I think I got a little drunk, but the first time I got real fucked up, yeah. and got into some serious trouble, is the apartment complex. I was probably like I remember thirteen, four, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this, and somehow these fucking ne'er do well inside of me found the one african-american dude with a big ugly white girlfriend who was willing to buy beer he was like 20 25 i'm like a kid somehow in the apartment complex i find this guy and convince him to get like a 18 pack of beer with him and his ugly girlfriend and i just sat around the apartment complex getting fucked i was drinking hitting it hard too right and before you knew it i don't know what happened but the next thing you know, I'm trying to spit game to his ugly white girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, man, I've always liked you. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> she came over and belted your ass. And no, he <laughs> did. He did. He's like, I was like, yeah, man. And then my, and I was supposed to call home and let him know. Like, <laughs> I mean, she, she had some. I thought he was hitting on the wife, and then he started hitting on the dude too. Hey, I kind of like you too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we do a Jerry Falwell Jr.? You have sex with yeah, her. I'll just watch, man. Let me watch. No, I was like, oh, I was like all man. fucked up, and oh. and I had to call home to let my my folks know I was okay, right? So I was drunk, and I called home, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know I'm not dead in a ditch or something. And then like hung up, right? And so then, and so I'm like talking to her, and I'm like, hey, you know, because she she was fucked up everywhere in her body except she had big ass titties, and she, mm-hmm. the, and so and when you're drunk, that's all. That's I all saw. you're looking at. Right. And she's telling me like, I think you need to eat some bread, and I'm like, hey, not worry about bread, man. It's just come on, let's just you know pop one of those titties <laughs> out. That's what I need. Yeah, and then before <laughs> you know it, dude, I black out, and mm-hmm. before you know it, they've taken they've taken me home. The guys, the adults <laughs> who got me drunk, were yeah. like, we gotta get this kid back home. He's uh, all kinds of fucked up. Bring him back where he came from. Oh man, I got in so much trouble. I got in so <laughs> much fucking trouble. I got in so much trouble. My dad whooped my ass when I was drunk and couldn't even. I, I just remember like it didn't hurt because I was drunk and I was like laughing and right. he was like, God damn it. What do you want to be? If your grandmother could see you right now, he's doing all the guilt trip shit. Yeah, that was my first time getting real fucked up. But, but oh, you know, man. that's life, man. That's, yeah. that's how you set it off. Um, <laughs> Lion, what a what a so they take out your col- how old are you when they take your colon out? Seven. Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a colon, what do you what happens? Like do you just how do you shit? Your body adapts. How do you your body shit? Adapts. So what No, I'll tell you. So what happened is when they took it out, yeah. Um they cut pretty much from your rectum. Like your rectum's like you know, the rectum is about like five, four inches long. Really? Like it actually, it's like a re- it's your rectal muscle. Right. It comes actually from like your anus and then there's a rectal muscle and then it goes to your colon, which 
leads up to your large intestine, Wait, goes to your small intestine. What's an anus? So, okay, you know more about this. The anus is your actual butthole. Like, that's right, your butthole. Right, And that's and just like a door? rectal muscle. That, so the anus is like a portal door. Like it's the it's the, the thing you see. Door, the portal, the portal. <laughs> that's, that's that's the visual. Type of it's like yeah. an air vent. You go through the portal. Through the portal. So, <laughs> you hey time now, ga, 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 ga. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry. Go ahead. So you go through. So, all right. I mean, <laughs> he said. So you go through the portal. You go easily. So, oh. So yeah. they cut they cut your large intestine from where the small intestine goes to the large intestine. Okay. Um, cut that, and then they cut down um, at your rectum, right? Which is the muscle that like literally holds your shit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they cut that, and then they take your small intestine, they pull it down, and then they make a small incision on part like the bottom part of the muscle or bottom part of the small intestine. Yeah. And they fold it inward a little bit, and then sew it, so it's almost creating like a pseudo muscle to kind of act as like a colon because the colon is what you know, obviously takes out all the, the liquid and nutrients from your stool before it, before it lets go. And so they stretch it down and then they make a J out of it. So it's called a J pouch. And then they attach it to the, what's left of your rectal muscle. Um, man, pretty much like an inch of it that's left there. Right. And what happened was the small intestine and my rectal muscle didn't, uh, they didn't, go together like it just it didn't mesh well and so it got infected and so it swelled up really bad and so every time that like i would have to go to the bathroom it shit would get literally stuck in this swollen part of my of my uh my my rectum area and it would burn and just and be the most painful fucking thing ever and so what they had to do was they went back in cut the small intestine from the rectum again and then had a clo- I had a colostomy bag for four months, which you shit out of your stomach to let everything heal completely. Oh. So I shat out of my stomach for four months when um, I was eight. And then after that amount, usually once they give you a colostomy bag, it'll never, they'll never reattach it. So I got very lucky right. that um, they went in and reattached it and, uh, and it ended up working out. Um, let me just but, let me just break in real quick here with the play by play of Sean's face as you tell the story <laughs> as you tell this story about the J pouch and the rectal muscles and the burning and the itching. Uh, Sean is making faces of twisted agony. He looks like he's about to throw up in his mouth. He's imagining the terrible things. Um, okay, please continue on. And then, okay, so wait a second. So you got lucky because you didn't get stuck with a colostomy bag forever, right? And yeah, I got I, really lucky. I had an uncle who had a colostomy bag forever. Dude, there's a gnarly. So I'll tell you a funny story about the colostomy bag. Um, but there's a few funny ones. Like one, we used to go on this family trip up to Oregon, and I just got the colostomy bag, and so we were just getting used to it. Right. And my dad, I was with my dad and my dad's side of the family, and um, we're up in this little cabin, like way up in the woods. And and my dad's like, my dad's changing because you had to change it almost every single day. You have to change the dressing and everything like that. Right. Um, and it's called a, the, the part of the small intestine that sticks out of your stomach is called a stoma. Okay. So wait, and so, wait, wait. So just de- just describe exactly how that works. So is it is the bag attached to the front of you? Yeah. So so it's like a it's like an adhesive. Yeah. Um, 
it's like an adhesive that has uh, a locking mechanism that has a bag that the bag locks to. Okay. Um, but in the in the middle of the adhesive, there's there's a, a cutout that fits over the stoma, and then you lock the bag to that adhesive. Um, and so the stoma like is the opening in the like waist area where your actual. No, it's like it's like it's like it's like your lower abdomen. Okay. And so, so it's like your lower abdomen and it's not not an opening. Literally, like your small intestine sticks out about an inch and then they sew it to the skin. Oh, wow. So, so your intestine is sticking your intestine is sticking out of your stomach. Right. And out of and, that is coming the the fecal matter. Whatever's coming is coming out of Yeah, it. that's that's wow. literally where you shit. Right. Um I think Steve so Steve just turned changing green. It. Steve just turned green. So we're, Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing it. And my dad's like, do you have any control on if it can shoot or not? Like if, if you have to go. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> and right when I said that, the thing shot. And my dad like dodged his head, <laughs> hit the bedpost, and then splatted all over the fucking window. with this green shit Damn. everywhere. <laughs> like laser tag, but with like fecal. Like, like. Uh... It literally he was like he's like can you control it and I'm like, i don't think so i don't know and then like it was like boom 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 in the bedpost and boom, headshot. boom 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 but another boom. time hey, this little. is this is this is the best colostomy bag story i have um uh, so we would go to catalina for fourth of july like yeah. my dad his business partner um you know our, we'd have like a bunch of you know family members go and so we would uh we would go and we'd stay in like the I forget what it's called. It's like the the far right side. It's like the big. It's like a cove where like all these apartments are on the hillside. It's it's kind of like a nicer, nicer place. Hamilton Cove. It's what it's called. Hamilton um, Cove. All right. And so so we'd always you know we'd go at night. Everyone would go you know jump at the pool and there'd be a bunch of people there and kids and we're all playing and so like. You know, I had my dad and his and his friends like launch me because I just wanted to be thrown in the pool. You know? Right. And I had a rash guard over my stomach, like so my bag was secured. Right. And so they just kept throwing me and throwing me and throwing me. <laughs> and then one time, I got out of the pool and it just my stomach felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. And so I lifted up my I lifted up my rash guard and my bag was gone. And so I was like, Dad, Dad, like come here. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, I'm eight years old. And I was like, my bag's gone. And he's like, Oh shit. Oh, need to go. Shit. And so like and so we're running back to we're running back to our place. And as I'm running, my fucking stoma's shooting out <laughs> shit. And I'm like no, dodging the dude. shit as I'm running. Oh, like dodging bro. the shit as I'm running, I get we get back and I have to shower and we put the new bag on. And then the next morning we go to and like when we when we were leaving, we were looking for the bag, we couldn't find it. Like so many people. They're playing the volleyball with that thing in the end of the pool. Right? He's hanging on to it like morning, a floaty. Right, so he's got it under his arm like a floaty. The next morning we show we go look at the pool and there's this like layer of just like film oh, over the pool fucking pool just the nastiest like just toxic like, layer of shit like a layer of fucking and oil like, film 
And I was yeah. like, where is it? Where's the bad? Do you guys see the bad? No one needs to know. You know, oh, like about a, man, like, a week later. The, the, burst it in there. Yeah, no, a week later, oh, they had to call the pool maintenance guy to come in because the pump for the pool broke. And when they pulled open the pipe, yeah, they, they just up, saw man. like, they just saw Lion's bag just jammed in the yeah. gears. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone probably got like polio or something. Yeah. Dude, yeah, my yeah. uncle. <laughs> My uncle. Ooh, that's gnarly. That's the best. I love yeah. that story. Great. Um, we're actually going to do a lion's version of chicken soup for the soul, and that's the first story yeah. in the book. Hey, um, hey, how about his dad's first reaction? <laughs> he ain't even <laughs> like, are you all right? Let me check you out. He's like, we're out of here, dude. Start his running. Feet don't fail me now. Yeah. Yeah. I just gotta go. I love how my dad just no questions asked. He's like. Just leave the crime scene. Like, just yeah, fucking hit yeah, and run. Yeah. Just bounce. Uh, like, we gotta go. His dad was like, we gotta get <laughs> Yeah, bro. Act like, like that didn't happen. He's like, we're fucking out. It was like an so episode mad. of Tom and Jerry. It was like, bada, 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 bada. we gotta get out. Yeah. That's fucking Straight hilarious. up, dude. We were running down the street, and the thing was just firing off, just shooting fucking shit shots. Sean had the shit same shots. problem, but he was firing off something else when he was running shit down the shot. street. Hey, we had a, we, uh, my uncle had a colostomy bag. All right, he was a judge, right? Mm -hmm. And he was also a pillhead and an alcoholic. Mm. So and it might be why he had the colostomy bag in the in the and so one timeline. This is a true story. Uh Christmas. Uh oh, I've heard this story. I love this one. Dude, so my uncle, Uncle Jimmy, got rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's passed away. That's another amazing story, by the way. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy uh, was the fart king our entire lives. He was that uncle that was like always rolling up the windows and turning up the heat and then uh, farting, oh, right? Just fucking crazy. baking everyone out. And fully entertaining himself with the shit, right? Dude, he farted on King Salmon's head. Yeah. When King Salmon was like nine. He farted on King Salmon's head, and Salmon grabbed his head, and Salmon was like, Aah! he started crying. Yeah, of course right? he did. <laughs> so, hey, this guy died? This guy passed away? Yeah, rest I want to go to his fucking grave and bring him flowers for, for farting on fucking King Salmon's head. <laughs> that was a good Dude, man. That it was, was a good man. He sat on his head, and... <laughs> Salmon was on the couch and his head was like one on the cushion on one side and Uncle Jimmy's ass on the other and he farted. It was one of the hot fart right on the side of his head. Oh. Super bubbly. Now we know what's wrong with King Salmon. <laughs> Super bubbly, dude. Yeah. Like it was a bubble smacker. And so cut Salmon was like <laughs> Anyway, so he was like the king. He got us so many times with farts. Like he'd be like, "It's something rotten in this refrigerator. Come over here and smell this." And you'd be like, and it would just be a crazy like omelet fart. And you'd be like, ah. So anyway, cut to he's got a colostomy bag. When you have a colostomy bag, you can't fart anymore. Right. Right. No. Right. So now I've got him hemmed in. I got him right where I want him. He's in the corner. And he can't defend himself anymore, right? Mm -hmm. I got him like I got him like rope a dope, like Muhammad Ali and that other fool. So I got him right there, and I I don't know what I was eating. I think there was it was a, it was like some combination of bananas and cabbage. I'm not exactly Shop sure. liver, right. <laughs> but it was and it was during Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And I said, Uncle Jim, I got a Christmas present for mm -hmm. you. And he's like, What? And I let it go, dude. And it was small. It was it didn't feel like there was a lot of volume, right. mm -hmm. but it just the potency was oh, deadly. 
oh, it was a, it made his eyes teared up a little bit. And I laughed at him. I'm like, I got you. And he goes, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I go, what? And he opened his bag. And he pulls his front oh. down and he uncaps the bag. Oh, oh, this <laughs> oh man. God, and he dude. squeezed all of the air out. Oh, this mother. Oh. Nothing worse smelling in the world. That's disgusting, bro. The Christmas tree. All the needles on the Christmas tree turned red. I'm surprised the whole Christmas tree didn't just fall over. No, dude. They were green. And as soon as that air hit the thing, my aunt comes out and she's like, what the hell? (laughs) Dude, that is Uh, hands down. I've never smelled anything worse. Yeah. Types of traumas we're talking about, on this dude. Show. This is why, trauma. man. This is what I've had to work through using drugs and alcohol, man. This is what was got. This is what we're dealing with. Imagine being fucking <laughs> lion's age. You're just a little kid, and you're like running down the street from the crime scene, <laughs> shooting shit out the side of your fucking stomach, dude. You're like, that's a lot of shit. Eight year old doesn't need to have to deal with. But let's. Hey, what I want to do is uh, I want to hey, kind of bring us up to speed. Yeah, with please. Like, what? <sighs> You know, if you can kind of put, you know, the, you know, if you could kindly take us through briefly what's been going on the last year, you know, a little over a year, Lion. You know, we were working on, yeah, we were working on West Lowe's. We did that, you know, kind of what's, you've some heavy big transitions have happened over the last, I'd say, 18 months or a year. Can you br- tell us what's going on right now? Because you're, you're talking to us right now from Cedars, right? Or are you home? No, no, you're no, home no I'm now? not home. Oh, I'm you're home, home right, right now. now. Okay, you're home. Did you take who? Where did yeah. you get that picture behind you where you're sitting? What is that? That's a picture um, of the sky. It's a cool thing of the clouds. What is that? I took I took that I took that one over on Maui um, during the sunset. That was over on the north shore of Maui, like by like uh, um, like Hokipa Beach, like near like. Um, Piahi area, yeah, with a with a seventy to two hundred lens with a doubler on it, so really tight on the clouds. Um, it was just a beautiful sunset, and I just I love shooting like big, kind of like cloud. Uh, I love shooting landscape stuff, so there's just a, a really cool landscape shot that uh, or I mean just cloudscape shot. There's a bunch of them, and that one just kind of kind of I really like that one, and it, we. Did it pretty big, so it was 20 by 30. But, uh, yeah, so to bring you up to speed with this past year, like like Lucky was saying, we were working on Westlos, and um, and last – over the past, like, two years, I've been on this uh, pill, pill-formed chemo um, called Nexavar to help shrink a tumor that's in my stomach. Um, and one of the side effects of that – uh, of that drug is weakening of your stomach and intestinal walls. Uh, uh, you know, it can weaken or tear your intestine, uh, leaving a perforation or what I found out is called a fistula. Uh. And, um, so back in August, I wasn't feeling too good. Uh, one day we went down to the beach, uh, with my whole family and family friends and my fiance. And, and I remember I went for a surf and, I threw up earlier that morning and I was like, oh, maybe it's just kind of like a flu. So I had like a wellness shot and some like charcoal tea and a bunch of different stuff just trying to like get myself better. And, and 
the waves were good surfing and all of a sudden i got like really warm and i was like fuck like it just got really warm out here so i, I went in threw on some board shorts went back out in the water took off my wetsuit went back out and as soon as i got out i just got like this like bone chilling cold and i was like whoa like this is really weird and so i got the next wave in and i went in laid on the beach and like i was like like shaking like so bad like almost like convulsing and i couldn't stop shaking and i was like i'm just so cold to like my bones and it's like 85 degrees out in the sun so we threw like a towel over me um and just kind of sat there try to get warm threw another towel another towel and i was still for like 20 minutes on the beach i was just like shaking so cold and i'm like fuck something's wrong so uh we walk back up to the car and get to the car and all of a sudden I start throwing up and I was like, my mom's like, Hey, we need to take you to the hospital. So mm-hmm. we, uh, and unfortunately this is, you know, middle like <laughs> summer. So it's on a weekend and there's a lot of traffic. So <laughs> we get in the car, it takes like two hours to get from Malibu to, uh, St. John's in Santa Monica and get there. I'm in, you know, my stomach's hurting. I'm in a lot <sighs> of pain. I'm, I'm really like, I'm really sick. And, you know, obviously we don't know what it is. I think it's just like a flu and Mm. get there. We start running blood tests, everything like that. And everything's coming back fine. And then all of a sudden there's this one, uh, and they're like, I think we, I think we can send you home, you know, just take some Tylenol and stuff like that. And luckily one of my personal doctors, uh, the people that work for him saw my blood results and they saw one thing that looked really off and it was called procalcitonin and it's uh, a level of bacteria in your blood and a normal, the normal level for that is usually around uh, 0.02 to 0.5 and anything over 0.5 is when you start to go septic, your body's going into septic shock and my procalcitonin level was 37. Jesus. So it was like extreme. And uh, so that was, that was in August. So I was in the hospital for about a week. I was on heavy antibiotics. Uh, we couldn't figure out why it happened. Nothing like that. We did, you know, CT scans, MRIs, everything. No one could figure out what was going on. Uh, and, you know, they sent me home and I felt fine. Started working on the Westlos thing. And then come October, and I got sick again. And same type of thing, shaking, throwing up, um, fevers. And so I go back to St. John's. I'm in there for, you know, a week or so. And, and, uh, and again, they couldn't figure it out. They are just pumping me full of antibiotics. I started feeling a little bit better. Um, and I was in a lot, a lot of pain. Like, it got to the point where one of the days at St. John's, uh, I was in so much pain. I fainted. Like I, mm. I completely blacked out and fainted out cold and woke up. Um, it's going to something called Rigers, which I found out that's what the shaking is called. It's when your body's convulsing because you're so septic, Damn. your body starts to shake uncontrollably Damn. and, and your whole body, it feels like you've been hit by a Mack truck because every body in your muscle, every, every muscle in your body is, is so tense and you just can't stop shaking. And, uh, and I was already in so much pain, so it just hurt so bad. And finally, so after like a week and a half of being in there, they couldn't figure anything out. I was like, look, I, I got to – like you guys aren't doing anything. Like I need to go because there's nothing being figured out here. Right. So I go home. Um, 
and my stomach just kept hurting so bad and it felt like it just kept getting like uh like swollen like you know it felt like i was just like constipated and i would try you know like all these different stool softeners i'll try all these different herbs everything you know different medicines to help with this that and the other uh nothing was working and i was in like a 10 out of 10 in pain for mm. a week and i would have those i'd have those uh riger shakes and fevers and it was just so bad like i would you know, I'd have like, I'd have the Rigers and, and then I'd wake up with like 102, 103 fever. And this went on for like a week. And my stomach got to the point where like, I couldn't, I couldn't lay on either of my sides. I had to lay on my back. I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all. Um, just so much pain. And then one night I, uh, I was having those Rigers thing again. And all of a sudden my fever spiked to, like 104, 105, and I started hallucinating, like completely hallucinating. What did and you I was see? Vomiting. I don't remember what I saw. It was more like, it was more like, my vision kept going in and out. Like I would, I would black out, and everything would be spinning, and I was profusely sweating. I was butt naked in the bathroom. My mom was like trying to help me. My stepdad was there. Like I'm just like they kept toweling me off and i was just wet just soaked Man. and i was puking and trying to shit on the like i was on the bathroom and i was rolling around like this and i couldn't see anything and everything was spinning and finally i kind of came out of that and we called 911 yeah and uh they took me to they took me to the cedars in in marina del rey where like the marina center uh little clinic is that they just bought and we go there and and they're like, yeah, like, we don't really know. We need to transfer you to Main Cedars. So we go to Main Cedars. Uh, still couldn't figure out what was going on. We met with all these different specialists. And finally, um, one of the doctors figured it out from a previous scan. He's like, there's, you have a, an abscess growing on your intestine that is so big it completely closed your intestine shut and that's what's blocking that's what's causing all this pain is the blockage god um, damn and he's like he's like i have no idea how you've been walking or talking or doing anything he's like there's he's like i had a patient who had one a quarter of your size and he couldn't do anything he was immobile it literally almost paralyzed him yeah, like that pain that dude was a wuss and i mean we're talking about lying uh it, this is this was it was so extreme and so they had to put a tube up my nose uh pump my stomach because there was so much shit in my stomach um and then they put drains in me to start draining the abscesses this is in november so i was in the hospital for a month in november uh we finally you know it seemed like everything got better after that month you know like it was extremely gnarly i go home i'm home for probably like uh two weeks and then i have to go back in with the same thing again i'm there for um a week or so and then i'm out and then it was just this whole cycle where it just kept happening where i just kept getting sick and i would go septic and it just seemed like we couldn't figure out how to fix it you know we i think we just kept putting these band-aids on where i'd go into the hospital they pumped me full of a bunch of antibiotics um, they put a drain in me, start draining the fluid, uh, 
you know, I kept doing scans and they couldn't see how it was happening. And then one day they kind of figured out that there's a hole in my intestine that's pushing all this, um, all the, all the pretty much stool, anything that I'm right. eating is going dead into this abscess and it just continues to build Ugh. and it was never shrinking. So they would send me home without drains and it would just build back up and then I would get sick and I'd have to go back in. So, cause you can, from, you can, you can die if your feces or your shit gets outside that colon or whatever it is and it gets into your system, you can be poisoned yeah, by that you. and it'll kill you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it will. Um, but that's your body's defense mechanism to create an abscess, right. to create a barrier around it. Um, but then that leads into other issues. So pretty much since, since October 16th of last year, we'll take away that whole August time in the hospital. But since October 16th of last year, I spent 175 days in the hospital, um, Damn. every single month in time, like, you know, from, from one week to 50 days, depending on the different stints. Um, and we finally figured out that there's something called TPN, which is uh, intravenous uh, nutrients. So it bypasses your digestional tract. Sure. And that has to be, uh, it, it gives you about like 2,300 calories in a 24 hour period. Okay. Um, enough to get you by and allowing your stomach's called bowel rest, allow your, you know, your bowel to heal so that it can, you know, close up that hole and then allow the abscess to drain out completely without continuously putting stuff in there. Uh, so it's taken a year almost to get to the point where uh, I've had a drain in for six months uh, now and I've gone in, I couldn't tell you how many times I've been back into the hospital. Uh, but when you, when, I have you my, when you spend so much time in the hospital, right, like 175 days, just uh -huh. out of curiosity, I know part of the time you're just kind of out of it because of everything they're doing to you. And then there's other times where you're just resting, right? What, what, yeah, I mean, how do you pass the time and do you watch some of the television and can you comment or like recommend like if you're stuck in the hospital, this is the show to watch? Um. I would watch a lot of Netflix. Okay. So like I'd watch a lot of Netflix. Um, I read a fair amount and I'll try to meditate. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard to, do you got any Netflix picks? I've, like what's good to watch? Cause a lot of people don't have your situation, so they don't know you've actually had a chance to kind of comb through it. What are some uh, Netflix hits that most people probably might not know about or what can you vouch for? Uh, all Americans really good. I like All American. All it's right. A kid from the a kid from the hood that gets a chance. He's from uh, he's from South Crenshaw, and he's an amazing football player. And it's actually based on true events. And he goes and plays for Beverly High, and it's like this contrast of his two worlds: like a kid growing up in the hood, but then like playing for Beverly and like not feeling like he fits in. But this is like his his chance to go pro you know, or get a, get a scholarship to go to college and different stuff like that. That show's really good. Um, trying to think of other shows that I watched. I, I mean, like a lot of car shows. I like cars and stuff yeah, like that. There's right. a, uh, what, Bim? Narcos, obviously. Oh yeah. That's Narcos. a Steve loves Narcos. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love Don't Narcos. you? 
Oh, I thought you were talking about the medicine. No, no. no. Well, the TV show. Yeah. 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 Steve, I think Steve didn't sleep yeah. for two weeks because he was just watching oh, all yeah. the episodes of Narcos. Narcos. Yeah, I love love Narcos. Um, I don't know, but I'd try to pass the time differently. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd get permission to go down. There's a little plaza area. Yeah. So I'd go down there and I'd try to spend, <laughs> you know, an hour down there, two hours down there a day and just sit out in, like, the sun and try to just, you know, be there and be present. And then... Uh, for the most time, even, you know, before all the COVID stuff happened, uh, I would have visitors come every day. And then there was a period where I wasn't allowed any visitors for 31 days. So I was in there by myself for 31 days. Right. How was um, that? The nurses and myself. Oh, uh, that one was difficult. I, it taught me a lot uh, about myself, you know, a lot about, and there's, and, and just, there's a lot of other things that happened as well, you know, yeah. like like we placed, we had to place a stint in my, in my intestine to try to, uh, to try to block, block the hole to help it. It's almost like a scaffolding to hold your intestine up. So it wasn't putting, you know, like when I would eat food, it wasn't putting pressure on the hole. And there was a very small chance that it would migrate and move in my intestine and it ended up moving. And so I had to have another procedure to have that pulled out. Um, I ended up getting a really bad, uh, fungal blood infection, um, Sean, you're so, shaking. Sean, you're uh, shaking your head. What? I mean, is, what? What more could happen to this guy? I mean, dude. Just, well, there's just a lot of things that just continued to just just it, steamroll, and it just felt like it. it you dude, know, something, anything bad that could happen in the situation seemed like it was just going to. Do, and do so you? Do you it have was to just finding acceptance? Do you have to take precautions because of COVID at all? Like, are you taking that seriously? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, my my immune system is definitely really, really weakened right now. Right. With everything that I've been on, and I mean, to the point where my body couldn't fight off its own. So, like, what happened with the with the fungal blood infection is that your body creates in your intestine, you create a certain amount of yeast in your intestine, but you have good. Uh, is this natural? Everyone's body does it, but you have good gut flora, right? Like, you know, you're good, right? You're, you know, you're, that's what breaks down. That, that's what breaks down the food. Those, that, that exactly. flora. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And so when you're on so many antibiotics for so long, right? Um, it kills all mm. that good flora. Right. And so I didn't have any way to stop the overgrowth of this yeast growing in my intestine, which ended up getting into my blood and it created this uh, yeast blood infection that uh, migrated up to, I had a port cath in my chest, which um, is like a central line and it infected that. So I had to pull that out and then have a pick line put in. So I have a pick line on my arm and then I had that put in. And then within a week, uh, something like crazy happened where it coiled up in my chest, which is extremely rare and caused this insane chest pain that i felt like i thought i had covid because i couldn't breathe god damn and i had to go in pull pull that out uh pull the pick line out and then put a new one in and then 48 hours after doing that i ended up creating a blood clot in my armpit and i couldn't move my arm and it was extreme pain so i had to be on blood thinners and be in the hospital for another whatever week and a half two weeks and then now i have to be on blood thinners and the blood clots just about broken up i can move my arm like i couldn't move my arm at all i was like paralyzed almost damn uh so hey, we almost finished with that do they are do you 
I gotta imagine that you're like a wealth of scientific information for all these fucking doctors. Are they paying you? Are they like, listen, Lion, here you go, fucking hundred thousand because you're doing your body's doing all this shit that most people's bodies don't do, and we can study, and it's helping humanity. So, how much are you making? I wish I got. I wish I got. You start need to start negotiating. (laughs) Yeah, you need to have me get in there. Nurses and doctors. Yeah. They just keep telling me they're like, when are you gonna when are you gonna become a doctor? And I'm like, I'm never gonna fucking become a doctor. There's no way. Like I spent so much time. I spent over a third of my life in a hospital room. Yeah. Okay, you know, listen, you put your overtime old. in already. All right, hold on a Last second. Now, I be. No. All right. No, shh. Yeah. Everybody, let's just calm down. Let's just calm down. We've heard a lot. We've said a lot. So only one a couple more questions I have. Now, without naming anything or saying anything and of course you you love your fiance so obviously nothing happens currently but in all your stays in the hospital Lion, has a nurse ever given you hand release or any kind of thing like that has that ever happened no what the fuck now now i know there is no god what the fuck the guy's in there forever (laughs) not one nurse can't just give him a little uh all right all right all right right, fucking guys beating a dead horse already all right come on listen we've all kind of been talking about um you know a positive Right. Mental attitude. Right. Of course. Come we on. We have. What's wrong okay? with you? And this is lying, man. This is what he shares with us, and this is where people around him get to learn through his experiences and his demonstration. Right. Um, and in this time of COVID, in this time of a lion being stuck, you know, in some places where he, you know, has to do different things, Lion started a brand. He did. A dope yeah, he's got a little brand popping on what? that I highly support. What is and, it? And I'm going to let Lion. Blind, tell us about this uh, passion project, uh, this brand that you're doing, please. So back in uh, in January, my better half came to me with the idea. Like I always, I, I would try to sell my photos uh, to make some money here and there on my website. And she came up with the idea of starting um like a clothing brand just to try to just you know represent what i stand for and to make some passive income while i'm in the hospital so you know we could pay our pay our rent pay this that and the other mm-hmm. and uh over the past nine months it's gotten better and better and better <sighs> and it turned in you know it started from what we thought was a little passion project of just you know, having fun making some clothes and, you know, just t-shirts and sweatshirts saying PMA uh, to actually a clothing brand, which is now called Lie and Co. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I mean, we have done way better than I thought we were going to do this year. And, uh, and we have a lot of really, really cool stuff coming out uh, in the next uh, two weeks. Actually today we're, we're filming, uh, a video for our newest drop, which is uh, called Heaven Ain't Ready. Mm. And uh, because it's, it's not ready, you know, I'm not ready to go up there. If it, right. If I was supposed to, I would have, I would have gone already, but you right. know, Heaven Ain't Ready for me. And, and I'm excited to share that with everyone. And then we have a lot of other really cool things dropping as well with that with that line in the next uh, week and a half, two weeks. Okay, let me let me so, let uh, me back up and try to organize this because a lot of people are just listening. So you mm-hmm. have a clothing company or an apparel brand or sh- a lifestyle brand? Is that correct? 
Yes. And what is it actually called if people want to look for it? Lie and Co. How do you spell that? L-Y-A-N-D-C-O. Great. And the website is lieandco.la. Excellent. And then you have something dropping soon that is called Heaven Ain't Ready, right? Heaven Ain't Ready. Okay. And is it going to be on sweatshirts or or how is it going to, what is it that people can actually buy? Yes. Hmm? Sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats. Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. My my fiance was giving me keynotes. Right, right. Of course. Uh, and no, so we have so this this one this little collection we're gonna drop is gonna be on t-shirts and sweatshirts and a crew neck. It's embroidered. I have the tattoo right here. It says yeah. Heaven ain't ready. Right under my neck. Right. And so it's actually an embroidered shirt. Um, uh, we're doing the t-shirts going to be extremely limited edition. Right. Uh, we only have a select amount on those. Right. Uh, okay. But it's going to be embroidered. Heaven ain't ready on the shirt. Okay. So lion has a tattoo that says heaven ain't ready and it's tattooed like right around his collarbone ish. Like there is it is what's going to be on this limited edition at the vault series. Is this going to be a replica of that tattoo? replica of that tattoo okay. same spot just underneath the collar of okay. the shirt yeah. embroidered in and also when people if whoever's lucky enough to actually acquire this item will they be able to feel the strength the power the hope that's kept you alive through all this will that be transmitted to them will you bless every, every garment before it gets mailed yeah are you blessing every garment before it gets mailed every piece that we ship i'm going to be sending my positive energy with it Awesome. Yes. yes. All right. And I just want to let on it, blow on it, right, touch it, rub right. it, and send it out. Come on. Right. This is but no. I have, this I, have, I do have to say though, uh? this whole our my like the whole company would not have been possible. Would not be where it is today without my fiance Danica. Like Can that you- woman has made this company possible. Can you like bring one hundred percent? Can we please like, see straight up? <laughs> can you can you bring Danica on to the, the camera? Yeah, bring her hiding. over here. Yeah, you yeah, won't let loan us see. Her on the loan her one year. By the way, just so the listeners, earbuds. just so the listeners know, hey, while 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 Lion was yes. telling this terrible really tale. Quick. Sean was staring at I'm chicks there. in bikinis on his phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, Am I wrong, Sean? I do that half of the uh, show. Yeah. All right. Cut. Danica, God damn it, get in here. There she is, the lovely, illustrious the better half. Ah, the one who's making it all work. Look at her. She looks so happy, and we all know why. She is probably with the most eligible bachelor, soon to be off the market man in the entire <laughs> world. Am I wrong? She is awful. I've been off the market. But I mean, you're locking him down, though. It's going to be done, right? Yeah, it is. He's locking me down. I'm an uh, eligible bachelor. Well, listen, Damn. that you know what? That is true. And I don't want to be say any disrespect or anything like that because I respect Danica and I respect Lion. But Sean and I have actually had some conversations, some private conversations and been like, you know, Danica's very attractive. She's got something. Right? What right? is it? What is that? No, Sean. I mean, she's carrying around something. No, well, like, no. obviously. Little sass. Little right, sass. She got like a. Go ahead. An aura. Yeah, and so Danica obviously is beautiful, right, physically and all that other yeah. stuff, but there's an extra element. Right. What is that? No, there's some girls that walk around there, they're cute and they're, they're, they look good, but, right. but they're just not, 
they don't they don't hold themselves in the same way Danica. Well, does. that's because she, her she was lying. What do you think? No, Danica. Danica's had that before lying. I can tell. No, but what I'm saying is that's no, I li- that's why she's with lying though. Lying, right, lying yeah. ain't gonna pull. Oh, yeah, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, of yeah, course Dan- he's gonna have that that girl with the magical dust. Right. Listen, right. listen, that's- Danica. Now let's stop fucking around, Danica. Let's just be real. I know you want to be modest, but what Sean and I and Steve had just talked a little bit about, you already knew that right like people have already said that to you like you got some kind of shine or what have you heard that before i have heard that (laughs) (laughs) hey can you tell us what it is can you tell us what that is i don't know i don't know what it is it's just my secret sauce and let me ask you a question when at what point in your age did you know you had a secret sauce like at what point were you like ah shit i got some power over some men like when did that when did that finally hit you oh not until i was like 25 and what was it that that culminated where you're like oh wait a second i'm the one holding the fucking whip here how did that happen like what made you realize that um i think it was when i realized that i'm independent and i don't need anyone and then i was able to like let someone into my life but i had my shit figured out right all right okay thank you all right she's a a bona fide badass i'm going back to work yeah she's like listen i can't deal with you fuck faces all day i got shit to do all right bye danica (laughs) thank you danica um i that's all thank you that's all the questions i have at this juncture but we definitely need to bring lion into the virus bunker at some Mm -hmm. point right yeah and Steve, uh, do you have anything further for the senator from Malibu? Uh, listen, or? Uh, uh, at Lion, is it at Lion underscore Heron? Yeah, Lion underscore Heron. L-Y-O-N underscore H-E-R-R-O-N. Follow. And then our, uh, yeah, hit the, hit the, hit our hit. shop Instagram. Yeah. The shop Instagram also is at L-Y-A-N-D-C-O dot L-A. Beautiful. Hey, Lion. So uh, I want everybody out there supporting Lion. Yeah. Follow him and, and get your fucking head right. Right. And Lion, I want to talk to you off air because we can't let everyone know the business, but we've got our Hard Luck Show uh, uh, market open now online. So we might want to do a collaboration with Lion Absolutely. and sell some stuff through the Hard Luck Show. So if you're interested yeah. in that line, let's talk off air. Well, listen to this guy, Mr. Garmento, Mr. Yeah. Fucking Collaborator, listen. Marketing Fucking Genius over here. This is it, baby. Thank you, bro. All right. Let's do it. Hey, Sean. Yo. Anything? Plugs? Uh, City Green Builders. Oh, City yeah. Builder. Keep yeah. it going. John Ritter. John, John Ritter. Ritter. Right. King Salmon Bags. Oh, um, Dragon Bags. bags. Super Cornhole Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ovon- Super Corny Man. Yeah. Ovando Bowen LLP. Whether it's intellectual property or your own personal property, I'm the man you need guarding that shit, protecting you. 100%. Super Max. Supermax. Oh, brand. October 1st is the launch. A hard luck show. Keep listening. Um, vibes, rolling papers. Shout out to Burner and Cookies. Right, Cookies Cannabis. Um, hard to kill. Be on the lookout hard. for that. Ooh, and West Los documentary. Right, Johnny Camaro, Green Juice. Look out for that. Then a big shout out to Big <laughs> Diablo out of Norwalk from the Norwalk area. I love you, man. He's fighting a big fight. And uh, Lion, our prayers, our wishes. Yes. 
I love you, man. Thank you for lion! making time. Big up, Big Lion. Thank you for coming on, Big man. Up! We got you, Lion. Thank you, guys. Woo! Thank you, guys. Woo! We're going to say adios, amigos.